0: Welcome back to another crossover edition of the OU and OSU Sports Extra Podcast. I'm Eli Letterman, OU beat writer at the Tulsa World. I'm here with Dean Rule, OSU beat writer with the Tulsa World. And we're coming to you first thing on Thursday morning, opening day, of the Women's College World Series in Oklahoma City. OU and OSU both in the field. uh, and, And Dean, we were out there yesterday for media day. Uh, the excitement was building it's here it's one of my favorite events of the year and it, it's pretty special I think each time both the state schools are there and and both arrive as as I think you know relative favorites uh this this spring yeah I mean
1: I, th- I think it's a solid event it it always seems to uh Kind of galvanize the the state and and of course the uh, the country for for the six other teams that have made it. So I I think it's special. I think it comes at a a perfect time of the year when sports are kind of dying down a little bit. I think this is a you know before football season gets back into full swing. So I think this is always a great event to kind of
0: uh, you know cover and and I think fans to enjoy. Yeah, and you can tell just how important it is. I mean, OU makes it, they, they've made a habit of making it. Same with Oklahoma State, in fact, four straight years now, they're they're here in Oklahoma City. But for some of these programs, being Stanford, it's their first time since 2004. Uh, you know, Tennessee is on the up. Alabama's here with Montana Fouts for a third time. There's different stories with each team, but even just reaching this point is a massive achievement for every team there. And you can feel that, you know, when you're in those press conferences yesterday. I sat there for probably six of the eight teams and uh, their press conferences, and, and just the, the vibes are good. There's there's an excitement. I think everyone shows up here feeling like they've got a shot, um, and I think that's in part because of the postseason system that kind of makes you if, you, if you've reached this point, you've either stayed off elimination, you've either rolled through, uh, you know, kind of a, a postseason format with double elimination, all that. Team like OU, you've, you've got the juice of what they did against Clemson, OSU, the same deal with, with Oregon. Uh, and so it really is exciting. We get started later today, depending on when you're listening to this. But we're again, it's Thursday morning. No games have been played yet. But Dean, wh- where do you feel like OSU stands now? Coming in, um, you know, we've heard from Kenny Guyescu. We've heard from this team. Seen what they've done to kind of get things back on track over the last month. Where where do they stand?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think last week when we talked about this, I said, "Hey, if OSU makes it to the Women's College World Series." Everybody's going to forget about losing eleven of the the last thirteen, and everybody's going to forget about you know this team just kind of limping into the postseason. And when you string when you're outscoring opponents uh, thirty-seven to three across five postseason games, and you're kind of surging at the right time into into the uh, into the women's college world series, then you know you're all of a sudden golden. You're all of a sudden back to where everybody thought, you know, this team stuck around at the uh, number two spot in national polls for most of the season right behind OU. And and I think all of a sudden the record would not have them number two anymore, but, but I think the talent and the way they're playing has them right back at that spot. And I think uh, it's given them as good an opportunity as they'll have um, in the next week to, to maybe make a run and, you know, finally get over that hump and get to the championship series that that's kind of eluded them the past two years?
0: Yeah I mean last year I can remember sitting there watching them play Texas and being just a few outs away from that Bedlam final and, and that being maybe that next step for this program with Kenny Gajewski and then falling just short and and I think I think the bracket breaks all right for them I think they've got um, there's an opportunity here and and they're playing perhaps once again some of their best softball uh, and on the flip side, you know, OU, we spoke last week and I said, you know, I've, I just couldn't decide. Were, were they going to roll through Clemson or, or or did that have the potential to either, um, one, you know, put in jeopardy their, their win streak? Could Clemson get a game off OU? But could Clemson really give them a push to keep them from the World Series? And the answer to the first question was yes. The answer to the second was no, because Clemson, uh, even Friday last week, you know, it was a 4-2 game uh, before Oklahoma. Popped off with some late home runs, made a, a 9-2 outcome look a lot less close than that game really was. And then the next day required some of the most, uh, I usually stay away from this term, but the most impressive Sooner magic I've probably seen around the softball program. Uh, the, the crowd will let you know when they've seen it. Um, but Kinsey Hanson, the home run down to their last strike uh, on the day. They set the the new NCAA win streak record, finally getting Marina Hines field. You, you do wonder, was there any pressure there? They said they weren't feeling any of that, but um, hard to know. And and you'd think maybe now they're through that, they're through to Oklahoma City, a, a stadium they feel very comfortable in, a place they've won plenty in. So I think the Sooners, if you want to say that last weekend had a lot around it in terms of the win streak, in terms of Marita Hines field, closing it down, all that's gone now. And that might be bad news for the teams on their side of the bracket. Uh, And now, Dean, I I mentioned the bracket. On Oklahoma State's side, they've got Florida State. They've got Utah. They've got Washington. Um, I don't know that you would say Oklahoma State is the outright favorite in there. It's a really talented group. But if, if you were to say they were the favorite, who after that do you feel like has the best shot of giving OSU some trouble?
1: Yeah, I think you got to go with a team like Florida State, who's been consistent, uh, you know, the past five years. I think if we were making a uh, a tier list of all these programs, it's probably OU at the top in a in a bracket of its own. But right below them, you know, I think UCLA and Florida State, and yeah, maybe you can make the case for OSU being on that that second tier if we're you know ranking. College softball royalty at the current moment, but you know Florida State—they've been consistent. You know they have a national championship. Um, obviously, as the number three seed, there's a lot playing into them. You know, getting bounced early last year from uh, the NCAA tournament. I think there's there's a lot kind of playing in their favor right now, um, and, and I think they'll probably be the the toughest out for OSU in in that. 14 bracket there just because, and, you know, they, they play them uh, Thursday night tonight. So you're starting off with probably the toughest opponent there. Um, but, and, and that's not to discredit Washington or Utah who uh, ha- have some talent and, and, have, you know, made a strong push. I mean, you know, Washington, I don't know if you can ever count them out with the, you know, the way they scored seven runs in the seventh inning to, to stave off elimination in the regionals. Um so yeah, I think Florida State's probably your best bet to make it out of that bracket. But you know, at this point in the season, there are no pushovers,
0: and there are no easy bets. I, I there's no one I feel very comfortable betting on here in OKC. But you're, you know, you're right, and and perhaps it's good that they can get this out of the way. That I I don't know who I'd pick in tonight's game, most or Florida State. But if you're Oklahoma State, you can get a win tonight. You may not see Florida State again because they'll go into that loser's bracket, and if they win, uh, that they, they jump over to the other side. So this is kind of like, can they get that toughest matchup out of the way now? That that could really clear a path for them, depending on how the other parts of the bracket shake out. But on on OU, OU's end, um, it's interesting because you, you mentioned the tiers, and I, I think across college softball, there's no doubt that there's OU and some space, but it's not that you can find, you know, little bits with every team they're going to they could potentially play here I mean, they start with with stanford and they've got uh people are making the comparisons to that james madison team from a few years ago um with uh nigeri kennedy is the the freshman pitcher with an 0.480RA best in the nation and we're going to see that uh second game of the day today 130 is most likely nigeri kennedy against uh this ou offense and so you've got on one hand the scariest lineup in the nation and a place they're really comfortable in an event they've played in a lot against perhaps the most dominant pitcher in softball this season. Uh, But you also have to account for who she's going up against the, the scene. Uh, This is the biggest softball venue in the country. And and so how will she uh, settle into that is a question. Alabama, the same deal, you know, they're, probably not as strong as some of the other teams in, in this bracket, on the side of the bracket, really in the field. But they've got Montana Fouts. And then you've got her even pitching with a hyperextended knee and a knee brace. She she carried them through the Super Regional to to come back against Northwestern. And there's potential there of, uh, you know, can she just, you know, be that, I wouldn't call it a Cinderella story, but she could carry them again. But if there were a team on this side of the bracket that that is almost Oklahoma light, it would be Tennessee because they score, they've scored more runs than anybody in the SEC. They've got great pitching that's comparable, at least to OU's. They would be the team that, if if things broke right, could perhaps give them a push. I think that would be it. And so, really, that first game today, which is Alabama and Tennessee, uh, which will send the winner of that game to play the winner of OU Stanford. That could be really determining because I think if if OU gets Tennessee on Saturday, that presents something very interesting. So would Alabama, um, and and OU's got to take care of their business. But I think Tennessee is probably the strongest team on this side of the bracket after OU.
1: Well, hey, I mean, even last year OU had the home run leader, and Tennessee now has with uh, Kiki Malloy. I mean, you know, talk about a talk about an offensive talent there, and and just. Tennessee team that's surging just as much as anybody in this field left that that's left. Um, yeah, I, th- I think Tennessee is a really dangerous team. And and so is Alabama. I, I think that might be the best first round matchup, um, Tennessee, Alabama. I, I don't know.
0: That opening I mean, I'm, I'm recording this from home and then I'm going to slip over a few hours before the SoU game to catch that game if it's any <laughs> indication because I want to see that game. Um, and you're exactly right. And it's worth noting, not the last time OU lost. They lost in February. Only lost this season. But the last time they lost at, was early on at last year's World Series. There's nothing guaranteed for OU here. And and certainly, I think, just at this event where, where funny stuff can happen, this is where a team like OU could get tripped up. And so um, nothing, nothing, nothing is a given, not even today with Stanford, no matter how easy OU has made things look at times this year. But Dean, we're going to wrap it there. You've been listening to the OSU Sports Extra podcast. Dean, you've got an interview with Talon Edwards. It's going to appear at the end of this thing. What did you guys chat about?
1: Well, we just hit on, you know, her just, you know, a year ago, uh, a lot was made about her story. And because she was in attendance at the Women's College World Series watching OSU and, you know, she was changing high school classification, taking all these summer classes to graduate early. and, and uh, get to campus Um, and so we just kind of reflected on that moment talked about just how difficult it was uh, getting to that you you know everything that needed to be done to get to college early and then uh, as well as just kind of her season as a whole and and, you know she she was named a freshman all-american this year and uh, just everything that's gone into that
0: well you can hear that up next and you the osu sports extra podcast will be back next week with a whole lot more from the women's College world series
1: hey so i know last year uh it was some stuff was kind of made of you being at the at the world series and and kind of getting to watch osu reflecting back on that a year later how just kind of crazy of a journey has it been uh i can definitely
2: this place is just bringing back all the feels like we have practice here today in media. And I just think about like every time that I've been here since I was a little kid, like not just last year, but playing all of my state championships here and playing all of my little league tournaments here and just winning a national championship with my travel ball team. Like it's literally, it feels like everything is being brought back like all at once. And it's an amazing feeling to know that like this time that I'm here, I'm at the top level and I'm actually doing it. So, I think it's just, like, there's a little bit of overwhelming, but there's a whole lot of, like, I just want to play, and, like, I want to be able to say I've done this and uh, step on the field with some of the most amazing people that I've ever met, so I'm super excited.
1: And I know last year, at that when you were at the Women's College World Series, were you already – did you already know you were going to be at OSU next year, or were you still deciding on that? Uh,
2: Yes, I had already decided that I was going to be – Going in early and doing this next year, uh, I was currently like at that point I was taking like eight classes, um, trying to figure out how to do it and all that. But I found some me time to be able to go watch them play last year, and it was a it was a pretty cool sight to see, knowing that I'm going to be able to do it in a year. And now here
1: I am. What do you remember about that game specific or those games specifically? Like, is it a is it a kind of what what is that feeling like of knowing you're watching a team that you're gonna be a part of and have such a good chance to be a part of playing in it the following year?
2: Um, I think being able to like watch them and like the thing that I remember most would probably have to be um just like the environment of everything, like they were controlling the fans, they were controlling the environment, how things were going and just to see like the most simple things happen, like a bump being laid down and our like the whole stadium just going crazy it was just a really cool sight to see just how well this environment is becoming and how and how the girls from osu or from any team from the college world series is building this further and further up and now i get to be a part of doing that for the kids
1: that come after me too and you know you were supposed to graduate high school this past week instead you're playing for a national championship how do you kind of weigh the gravity of that
2: there's anything that's like too overwhelming when it comes to that I mean I've never really been the type of kid that like fantasizes over the high school dream you know the graduating that the only thing I really fantasized over in high school was winning some state championships and I did that so I feel like that's like the only thing that I would really like say was like dang like I missed an opportunity to win two more rings but everything that happens here everything that I've been through here outweighs anything that I could have done in high school. So I'm super
1: grateful for it. And then uh, I know Kenny mentioned it, and I just was curious on your perspective of it. He said it maybe took a little bit of time to get you interested into OSU. Um, How did you kind of start to change your mind?
2: Yeah, so uh, growing up, I was very irrelevant to, you know, what was actually going on within colleges and college softball. So... I was kind of, you know, more straight-headed towards SEC, because, you know, SEC is like the ish or whatever. That's what I thought it was, and um, so that was something that I was mainly looking forward to, so I didn't really spend my time with any schools that were closer near me. I didn't spend much time with OSU, OU, anybody around me, and once uh, recruitment started and everything like that, I, okay, I just got this weird feeling that I was like, you know what, I want to stay home. Like, I realized how important, like, family was to me and how much I wanted them to be able to watch me play. And so I made, like, the decision to – oh, this is so weird to talk about everybody. Sorry. (laughs) But, um, yeah, no, I just kind of made a decision that I wanted to stay closer to home. And um, that's when I had contacted Coach G, and he was welcoming with open arms.